You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Undercover of the night. Come on, Sonny, sing it with me, baby. Yeah, th- that that song's not a cover, right? That was their song, though, right? It is. I just yeah. thought it. I just thought it went well with the theme, and the theme is all about cover songs today. So that's what we're doing. We're talking cover songs. Yeah, I love that song. I, I got into the Stones. Well, I got into really all this music in that early '80s, mid '80s, right? So if you think about it, these are the kind of songs I heard first. Like I heard "Start Me Up." And didn't know they did. Can't get no satisfaction. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's probably a whole cover album dedicated to the Stones somewhere, I'm sure. Oh, there's tons, dude. (laughs) (laughs) There's tons. So we're going to get into this cover episode of Grown Up Rock. But before we do all of that, we got to talk a little fresh shit. So last night, I take myself to Live on the Sunset Strip with Steel Panther, who just happened to be in town. I've seen Steel Panther once in Vegas. Many people of the opposite sex took a lot of clothes off. I figured that was because it was Vegas, but I hear a rumor that might just be a Steel Panther thing, period. Dude, that's a Steel Panther thing, period. It's no different. (laughs) Chicks like to take their clothes off in Atlanta as well. Uh, and and being and running security gets increasingly tougher to be focused when that's going on. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> that's good. Uh, <laughs> so so I mean, listen. Here's my take on Steel Panther. Love them or hate them, it's just a good time. And it, and it really, I mean, the chicks taking their clothes off, yeah, that's always a good time. But really, it's just a overall, it's a good time. Uh, that you can't you can't help but kind of smile when you go to this show uh, because yeah the lyrics are cheeky and cheesy and that's what they're supposed to be but those dudes kind of make me laugh like their comedy act on stage is just flat out kind of funny to me and the music like strip away the words the music actually is really good so I had a I had an awesome time uh, working last night, and uh, the fans uh, apparently they've got some pretty hardcore fans because the fans really enjoyed it as well. It started out the evening with a uh, rock and roll DJ that played all '80s hard rock and metal, which was really cool, and then that was followed up by this act of. I don't know how to even put a label on this act, but essentially it's kind of like a burlesque show. These uh, several girls, scantily clad, uh, with G-strings on, performing dance routines and acrobatic routines and fire-eating routines, all to hard rock and metal songs. That's pretty much what it is. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, they were called Cherry Bombs. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, see, Steel Panther, the lyrics thing... I'm a Kiss fan. I'm an 80s Kiss fan, so obviously I don't got a problem with stupid lyrics. 
Yeah, but you know these lyrics are over the top, man. Yeah, they're over the top, but you know the, you hear that in other places. But man, you can uh, musicianship wise, you can't sleep on them. That's for sure. No, man. I mean, they did, they did a couple. You know, they played two or three covers, like Van Halen's "Jump" and uh, uh, they do bits and pieces of a bunch of other songs. And I swear to God, man, that dude sounds exactly like whoever he's imitating. I mean, I couldn't tell the difference. I literally couldn't tell the difference. I don't know whether they're running a tape. I don't think they are. They weren't running a tape the full night. That much I know. But uh, on some of those cover songs they did, I swear, man, he sounded exactly like whoever he was imitating. David Lee Roth or I think they did uh, Def Leppard and uh, one or two other tunes. But from a musician standpoint, the guy can sing. Satchel can play guitar, no doubt about it. And uh, Sticks, I guess his name is, the drummer, he's he's solid as well. That's cool. It's, it's funny. I enjoyed it. It was a good time for sure. And uh, if anybody just wants to have a good night of drinking and uh, uh, listening to rock and roll, then I highly recommend that show for sure. Hey, have, did you ever see those guys in uh, Hollywood when they were metal school, when they were uh, a no. cover band? No, I didn't. Yeah. That's the other amazing thing to me. It's like like an 80s cover band can morph into this whole thing, which is amazing to me. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they're around because they're, you know, they're helping to keep rock alive. That can't be a bad thing. Nah, not at all. All right. Well, you got anything going on with you first before I move on? I am looking forward to the rocking pot at the end of the week, baby. Yes. To answer your question before you even, yes, 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 before you even ask it, yes, we still love it loud. Still love it loud? So do we. Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on-site. Vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise. And awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on-stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Korn, Kiss, Angel, Winger, Loudness, Except, Bang Tang. Tango, Kick Tracy, as well as producers that have worked with Slayer, Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R-O-C-K-N-P-O-D.com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club. School of Rock Nashville and School of Rock Franklin, a DBG Productions event. All right, you heard it right there. This is our last push. This is all about Rock and Pod 2 coming up. By the time you hear this episode, we will be literally less than a week away from Friday night pre party, Saturday Rock and Pod Expo, Sunday the comedy show. A full weekend of Nashville's Rock and Pod Expo, and everybody will be on hand. All the cool rock and roll podcasts. So I highly recommend that if you folks are in the Nashville area, make it out. If not, we got you covered on all the coverage episodes that we'll be releasing. Sunny, Sunny, what are you most looking forward to in this thing? Uh, one is you know getting back uh, together with friends I made last year. Very interested to talk to Paul Taylor. 
you know, some of these other guys, I don't know them that well. Um, but, you know, musicians are musicians. As long as they're in the business, they're interesting to me. Uh, as long as they're not an ass, they're cool to talk to, I'm good. But uh, one of the people I definitely want to meet is Paul Taylor. That's definitely one of the ones I'm looking forward to. And uh, hopefully we'll get a little bit of time with him and get to talk with him. But we are slated to try and talk to some of these folks while we're there recording. And I'm sure we'll have some amazing stories to record and come back with to share with all the listeners at some point for sure. Yeah. And any chance we get to meet fans, right? Because, you know, you you're in your little recording room. I'm sitting here in my basement and you literally don't know sometimes if anybody's listening until somebody reaches out and says, hey, great episode. And I'm like, oh, shit, somebody's listening. Right. So to meet those folks, that's the ultimate. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I I don't even think of them as fans. I just think of them more as listeners. And I'm excited to meet listeners that are like minded, because if they're listening to Grown Up Rock, then they connect with us in some way, whether it's through the music or through the stories. And so that's kind of one of the things I'm looking forward to is putting a name to the face and just talking rock and roll, you know? Yeah, me too. That That's going to be really cool. Yep, for sure. Hey, Samantha, tell these fine folks a little bit about the podcast. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Okay, so Grown Ups of the Week. Uh, these are all the people that shared us on Facebook and retweeted us on Twitter. And we had a bunch this week. So we'll start with uh, Chad Reese, Jules, EMZT's Infamous, Tony Rambo, Aaron Baker, Michael Bunny, Bill Elam, HairnetRadio.com, Bill Algy, Leonardo Matar Monterio, Alan Tate, Marcelo Verzi, Mike Parnell, Janet Eck, Jody Havnot, Jason Bluski, Little Fish, Nighthawk, Scott Delaney, Andrew Jacobs, Anna Maria Pripe, Bella Lowe's 1966, Dirk Sokolowski, Mark Winder 8, Music Palace Radio, Ogata, Gabby Jimenez 92, Shawana Lee, David Cathy, Sebi Ann 21, Vinnie Folletti, I Love It Loudcast, Steve Wright, Jason Alexander, Daryl Alber, Classic Rock Drops, Eladio, The Power Core Channel, Digital Kill, The Radio Star, Podcast Rock City, Dan Nation, Decibel Geek, Ronald Clark, Trace Mess 469, Chris Sinzak, Tony Masalem from Restrained, Loving Rolla, Fast Vinny, Mr. Cole Thornton, Peter Cessary, Courtney Cronin Dold, Jason Kearney, The Mooger Fuger. I'm going to start calling him The Mooger Fuger now, too. Uh, Victor Ruiz and, uh, ear, and uh, ear Peelers really helping us out. Save Rock and Metal, The Peter Principles, Restrained, who supplies our bumper music, Podchaser, who uh, helps us get out there. Podchaser.com has pretty, been pretty cool to us. And then the last person we wanted to thank is David Hudson. And actually, David Hudson on Digital Killed, uh, they did a album review for me of the Storm album that was released in 1991. It was uh, something that, uh, you know, they were doing as a perk, so uh, I bought into it. And to return the favor, he asked me to review an album. 
And it was My Morning Jacket's 2005 release called Z. Let me tell you the good news first. The good <laughs> news is, uh, David Hudson, I love you. I need to start there. Uh, Jim James has a great voice. He doesn't use it enough. My favorite song was Anytime. My second favorite was What a Wonderful Man because it's upbeat. And the only other one I liked was Off the Record because it reminded me of Hawaii Five-O and it had a little reggae flavor. The bad news, the rest of the 47 minutes was very painful because I don't really get this type of music. It's like psychedelic pop. It's partially dinner music, partially (laughs) going to jump off the next bridge music. So I don't really get it too much. But I listened to every song I tried and I like some of it. So and David Hudson, I'll say it again. I love you. (laughs) Do you know my morning jacket? Do you like my morning jacket? (laughs) So uh, this is what you get, David Hudson, for asking us to do something. We plugged (laughs) your podcast last week and we appreciate you. And Sonny's right. We do love you. But you're all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) And you're listening to a band called My Morning Jacket. What the hell does that even mean? It's cold outside and I need to put a jacket on. What the hell? I don't know. (laughs) I can't express my opinion on this band. I don't know enough about them. They're not in my wheelhouse. I thought that I'm musically open, but I'm not near as musically open as our friend over there at Digital Killed. Uh, So, David Hudson, our hat is off to you. Now go listen to some fucking metal. Yeah, those guys have eclectic taste. I mean, uh, power to them that they can have such a wide variety of tastes. I'm a stupid rock fan. I need mine force-fed to me in a very narrow scope, basically. (laughs) So, that's me. There you go. Hey, but we love you. (laughs) All right. You know what that means. There's only one thing to do after a little My Morning Jacket, and that's crank it up! Crank me up! It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. You know, that's not getting any better no matter how many times you do it. Yeah, I know. Do you practice it? I'm going to probably stop doing it or... (laughs) I don't know. I'm driving away listeners. I don't know what to tell you. It's a good placement for the uh, the drop-in. <laughs> I told you, I can't sing. I can't play guitar. I don't know what you want from me. That's why I'm a podcaster, damn it. <laughs> uh, that's funny. And everything's going downhill from here. <laughs> All right, look, it's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, and we're going to feature something that's the old music spotlight in... Tribute. Ah, tribute's not right. Let's see. What's the right word? With regards to the upcoming Rockin' Pod 2 Expo. How about that? Yeah, that's not bad. All right. This guy's going to be there, so. That's right. So with the episode tonight is all about cover songs. And so we are going to feature a cover song by Kick Tracy. This is off the 1991 No Rules record, and this is a song which is a cover of the Simon and Garfunkel song, Mrs. Robinson. Enjoy. 
I scoured the internet to try to find Paul Simon possibly having some sort of response to Kick Tracy doing his song. I didn't find one. Yeah. I would be very interested to know what Paul Simon thought of that. I like it. It's a different spin on the song. It's kind of eerie, kind of cool. I kind of like the way the song moves. I saw this band live once. And have you ever seen them live? I have seen them live. They opened for somebody, but I can't remember who it was. So one of the unique things about Kick Tracy that I recall even this far back is I thought that Stephen Chereau, uh, who's going to be appearing at the Rock and Pod 2 
Expo, Stephen Chirot had a really unique mannerism on stage. It was kind of, it was just strange. It was strange. It was unique. It was, it drew me in as a concert watcher. And that was one of the things I remember most about this band live. And do you remember anything about him live? No, my guess is it was probably right at the initial of my drinking phase. So no, I don't remember. So it was pretty unique. I was there for uh, almost, uh, I think it was like an album listening party, but they were playing live. Uh, and I was there a uh, guest of BMG. And so we had a meet and greet after the show. And I met Stephen briefly, and he was a really quiet, really nice guy. And, you know, I just I told him that I appreciated their live performance. I appreciated the music and appreciated how they presented that. And he was very receptive to that. But I liked that cover of the song. I mean, I love Simon and Garfunkel, but this is just a little bit different spin on the song, but not so far away that you don't recognize it. And uh, uh, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. And again, if you're anywhere in the Nashville area within driving distance of Nashville, come on out to Rockin' Pod to August 25th which is a Saturday at the Nashville Palace. You can go online at rockandpod2.com, right? Right. And find all the details, and we'll see you there. We look forward to seeing everybody and talking to everybody and getting some of you guys on the show while we're recording and talk to you guys about some of your growing up rock moments. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. That's it. Let's get into this covers episode. Well, you're starting it off. And of course, you had to start off with something that just makes it very tough for me. <laughs> of course. Of we course talked you had to. Of, you know, this is how, Sonny, I'm going to talk to you about the way you present things to the listeners, because the idea is to tease the listeners so that they want to <laughs> yeah. listen more, not try to drive them away before we get the first thing out of the gate. <laughs> I'm, ju I'm just saying, uh, marketing, my friend, marketing. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have started with this song. Then. Uh, listen. All right. First of all, before we dive right into the music, let's talk a little bit about how we approached this covers episode, because I think we approached it from two different angles. One of the things that I found most engaging about this covers episode, I thought really when we said, let's do a covers episode, I kind of was like, really? I don't know. Everybody does covers episodes and we get that, but there are so many covers out there. I mean, so many covers where to even start. You could take the approach of a tribute album to a band that you love, whether it's ACDC or Iron Maiden or Dio or any number of people that you love. There are tribute albums out there where bands go and perform the songs. Or you can take an approach where you're trying to find a pop song that maybe a metal band does a cover of, or something where it's almost covered to a T. So, you know, it just depends on which direction you're coming from. I wanted to find a song that I thought maybe sounded great, didn't sound exactly like the original 
and was done a little bit differently. And some of the songs that I came up with, I'm actually not big fans of the original song or the band. And in some cases, I'm not real big fans of the band that actually covered the original song, but I like the cover version. So I put it on here. So I got some interesting choices. Sonny can tell you his mix. Sonny, which way did you approach this whole thing? Yeah, so I have tons of covers in the library. Oh, my God. So I tried to stay away from the tribute albums that have a plethora of 50 musicians that Bruce or Bob Kulik put together to do a tribute. Like, I I stayed away from those albums. I picked bands that I loved the original and I love the cover. I love the original band and I love the cover band. So I kept it to that. And then still there was hundreds. So I go, you know what, let's pick the ones that have some cool stories attached to it that maybe people have heard, maybe people haven't heard, but for sure they most likely kind of haven't heard my spin on the story a little bit to try to keep it interesting. Fair enough. So I have no doubt in saying, and and Sonny, you can back me up on this, I think probably there are going to be more cover episodes to come later on in the future, right? Oh, yeah. I think we should probably do one or two episodes that are just tribute album type episodes, then one or two that are just pop songs converted. Then maybe we do one or two that was, you know, rock and metal songs that turned acoustic or like we could do so many on this. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you guys go to the Facebook page, share some of your favorite cover songs. I mean, for me, there's a lot of cover songs out there that are just standard that you hear all the time. And I don't know if you need to ever hear them again. Uh, And you know the ones we're talking about. They may be particular favorites of yours, but we're looking for more kind of the not upfront type things. Those are some of the things that I was looking for, I was searching for. So I'll get right into this. I'll dive right into this. And this one was kind of a late addition for me. I found it and I was like, okay, let me give this a listen. And I'll be the first to say, I am not a huge Pink Floyd fan at all. I mean, I'll just say that. There's a handful of songs at best I like. And I respect them. I get it. There are a lot of people that are loyal and love this band to the core. I get it, but I don't get them. And I've tried numerous times, and I just can't get into it. So for me to play a Pink Floyd cover is for sure a stretch and a rare one at that. But I'm perusing through my catalog in my library, and I find this Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. I think it has Metallica disappear on it and a handful of other things. Power Man 5000, I think is on it. There's a few things on it. It's primarily, I mean, I think it's a pretty rocking soundtrack in terms of hard rock, but I found this version of Have a Cigar by the Foo Fighters featuring Brian May. Now, if it didn't tell me that it was featuring Brian May, I'm not sure that I would have ever known that because Brian May has a pretty distinct guitar tone and a pretty distinct guitar style. I don't necessarily know that I I saw that or heard that in this song, but 
that's what it says. Foo Fighters featuring Brian May, and it was produced by Taylor Hawkins, the drummer from Foo Fighters. So give it a listen. This is Have a Cigar. And obviously, we already know what Sonny uh, Hollywood Pooney there thinks of it. So.
Okay, so, yeah, I'm not the biggest Pink Floyd fan. My music teacher in middle school must have been a huge Floyd fan because we played Another Brick on the Wall over and over and over and over in band class. And I think that's what completely turned me off this band. On top of that, I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, Pink Floyd plus Foo Fighters. That being said, this version is better than the original, in my opinion. Yeah, so I do. I love the Foo Fighters. I think there's tons of stuff. I know that a lot of people think maybe they're overrated, but I just enjoy the band. I don't necessarily enjoy the last record as much as a lot of the earlier stuff, but I do enjoy the band. And Pink Floyd, I love the song Another Brick in the Wall. I love a handful of others. Love might be a little bit of a of a stretch, but have a cigar. This version rocking i think it rocks really good and it made me like this song so i enjoyed it so there you go that's why it's here all right so let's turn the clock back to 1986 genesis releases invisible touch my god did that album have a bunch of hits and uh i totally started falling in love with genesis because it was just so catchy it was on MTV all the time because of the videos. I love that song. Remember Illegal Alien? Like, yep. I love that song. Makes me happy. Yeah, so fun. So one of the popular videos was Land of Confusion, which uh, the song went to number four on the Hot 100 uh, in 87, I think. Great video. Oh, yeah, yeah. The puppets were a little weird, but yeah, it's a great video. It, it, it is really. Yeah. But it was a pop song, really. So 19 years later, I'm into this new band and... uh you know, they've been around a couple of years and I'm into their music. I love the first two albums. The third album releases and uh, I'm so looking forward to it. And oh, my God, they have a cover of Land of Confusion. And I'm like, how is Disturbed going to do Land of Confusion? Check this out. Third studio album, Disturbed, Land of Confusion. If you never heard it, you'll love it.
Okay. So I don't want to seem like I'm just getting back at my friend Hollywood for what he said. Because <laughs> really I'm not, but I don't get disturbed. I've said on previous episodes, I don't like them. They don't do anything for me. I don't get it. And that's just my personal opinion. I don't particularly hate this song. It's just kind of there. I don't think that it's better than the original. It's different than the original and that it's rock version of the original. But yeah, I just, I can't get into Disturbed. And Disturbed, listen, here's here's one thing. Disturbed is kind of one of those bands, like there's a handful of bands that do seem to me do a lot of covers like them and Hailstorm and they do the cover thing well because they have success with it, but I just don't like it. I don't dig it. Sorry, man. Oh, no, that's okay. I mean, to each their own, right? I, I love Disturbed. Seen them live a couple of times. They were awesome. To me, Disturbed is David Germain. If he's not there, I probably don't listen. I think he's got one of the best rock voices out there. And discography discussion, we're talking about the Disturbed all the Disturbed albums kind of all in one. And they kind of pointed out, and I had not noticed this before, so I went back and listened, that Jermaine has the kind of same vocal phrasing that Phil Collins has in a lot of his songs. It's, they don't hold notes out very much. It's very much say the word and move on, say the word and move on. Kind of a weird thing, but when you start listening to a lot of Phil Collins and you listen to David Jermaine, they, they have it a little bit. I can understand why uh, the cover came out well, but uh, I really like it. But yeah, Disturbed is love-hate. I've never met anybody that said, eh, they're okay. It's either love them or hate them. That guy's kind of a douchebag, ain't he? Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I'm not going to marry the guy. He's not my best friend. Well, you kind of act like he is. Oh, Jesus. You, you sort of love that band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure David Gilmore is a saint, by the way. <laughs> I just like having a little fun at your expense. Come on, Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Two that we disagree with right out of the gate. Love it. Bada bing, bada boom. What is it our friends at um, the Snakes and Flames uh, podcast say? uh, Point, counterpoint. Oh, yeah. Point, counterpoint. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. All right. They never agree. Tribute to our friends over there. All right. So on to mine. Uh, Definitely kind of stumbled upon this actually several years ago. I don't even know how I stumbled upon this song, but I was looking for something and his name popped up and not a metal musician in any way, shape or form. And in fact, I cannot even pronounce his real name, but he goes by the name of Hugo, H-U-G-O. And that's probably a good thing because his real name, which is Ty, I'm not even going to try to pronounce. So you can Google it. You can look it up. Just Google Hugo the Musician or Hugo Musician. Uh, He comes from a pretty artistic family. I think his mother was a poet and his father was a producer and a musician as well. The end result is that this guy... He's English-born. His genres are technically country, blues rock, and bluegrass. Doesn't sound like something you're going to hear on our show. And technically, maybe it doesn't belong on our show, but I like this song, 
so much in this version. I felt like I wanted to play it, and that's the bottom line. This guy is signed to Jay-Z's Rock Nation label. Really? Okay. (laughs) I read that, and I was kind of like, okay, that's odd. Not somebody that you would think would be signed to a label like that, but okay. So he does, for his first single, releases a cover version of a Jay-Z song. Take a listen and tell me what you think of this version. If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Jay-Z did that song. Isn't that an Ice-T song, too? You know, I don't think... uh, I think there's probably different versions or takes on this song, and I think people have done different things. I think it's kind of one of those, like, sane kind of things, right? 99 Problems But a Bitch Ain't One is kind of... It kind of became, like, slang at some point, I think. Oh, Um, okay. But... Yeah, that's a Jay-Z tune, and he completely changes it up and covers it, and I dug it. It just, it felt good to me, that song, in terms of the music, and so I enjoyed it, and when I heard that version of it, I was like, you know, I dig this song, Uh, and that's really why it's here, not because it's metal, not because it's particularly something that belongs on this show, but because I liked it and wanted to share it. And so I did. There you go. Yeah, it's an interesting song. I like it. All right. So my next pick has a story attached to it. 
but I want to save it for after you listen to the song. So in the spirit of Steve Perry coming back, a la Muhammad Ali, back to the ring and throwing out a new single, check out this Journey favorite. Crazy night, I do remember in my youth. I do recall those were the best times, most of all.
might possibly be one of the one of the first journey tunes that I fell in love with back in high school, I think, probably. Yeah, so and understandably so, right? It's a great song. But obviously that wasn't Steve Perry singing. So uh so let's talk about the story on this thing. So nineteen eighty one, Journey Escape, it's their classic album. I probably everybody on the planet owns a copy. Nine times platinum, number one album, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, you know, they had their problems. So uh, 89, 90, 91 comes along. They're fighting. They're not getting along. There was things about Neil Sean was upset that Steve Perry went out there, did a solo album and put songs on there that really were kind of a la Journey songs. Should have saved them for Journey, blah, 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 blah. They start doing separate projects, all this stuff. Well, come 93, 94, the Journey guys want to get back together and do a special show. And I think it was for their manager. And Steve Perry wasn't available. So they get this guy, Kevin Chalfant, to step in and sing. And he does this one gig and he kicks ass in it. And in 1994, they formally invite him to join Journey as their new singer. So this is before Audrey. This is before Just Got Sotos, before Arnell. And right as Kevin accepts, Steve decides to come back. And then they release that album in 95. So after that, you know, Perry gets sick. Audrey comes in. Audrey gets sick. Jeff Scott Soto comes in. He pisses him off. Arnell comes in, right? I don't have a problem with any of those people. I love Jeff especially. But I'll tell you, Kevin would have been an amazing fit in Journey. Beautiful voice. So in 2007... He released a 13-song album called Fly to Freedom, and it's all Journey tunes, and they're all just as good as the one you just heard. So why, because I don't know this story, so this is the first I've heard of it. I don't, is he even a footnote in all of that? Because all the rest of the guys are footnotes in, in uh, the Journey saga, but why not go straight back to this Kevin guy after Perry? If they were going to invite him in the first place, why not go back to him? And I don't know the answer to that question. Huh. Right. And, you know, and that cover is an example of, okay, it wasn't too much different than the original production got better. It should have, it's 26 years later. Right. So the production's better. So it feels like it has a little more balls. There's subtle changes to the melody, but you would have to be, a true Journey Stone and Love fan to understand that there were those subtle changes. But you know what? If you're not going to change it much and then you're going to try to do Steve Perry, you better bring it. And in my opinion, this guy brings it. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought it sounded good. I-, I think my only criticism of it, and and I love the song. I like, you know, the recording of it sounds great. My only criticism of it is I think one of the things that I look at when I look for a cover version is something that strays from the original, just because otherwise, you know, why not just listen to the original? I guess that's kind of my take on it. I I don't know. Yeah, I'm 50-50 on that. You know, there's there's some songs, uh, you know, a great example is uh, Bad Romance by Hailstorm, right? It doesn't sound like the Gaga version. And I'm glad it doesn't because I don't like the Gaga version. They made it their own and it sounds great. But then if you're going to do it, I'm okay with you doing it similar to the original, but then it better be damn good. Because usually what ends up happening is, and like in this case it did, 
the production gets a little better. It's almost like a remaster of the original without the, I guess, the original guys doing it. And a lot of times the original guys can't do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, that that would be literally the only reason I could think of is from a production standpoint, uh, especially if you're recovering something that was recorded in the 70s or whatever, you know? Yeah. I would much rather uh, hear today's production on a 70s song that I love. So that's all good. Awesome. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Sonny, tell these fine people how they can help this podcast out so freaking easy. And it doesn't cost them a dime more. People, help us out. <laughs> so Amazon's the easiest way. They sell everything. We we hope that you buy music on Amazon. I think that's a great way to buy music. Uh, I'm sure you can uh, find 10,000 Fists from Disturbed. That's the definite. I'm sure you can find Flight Freedom. I don't know if you're going to find Kit Crazy's album. That probably costs you a pretty penny. Uh, I'm sure that thing's been out of print for a while. I have a copy, but uh, you can't have mine. Um, Disturbed's but, probably in the cutout bin for free. Uh, no, no, it's not. Um, it was a number one album. Hush. Um, anyway... <laughs> So basically, just go to growinguprock.com, uh, just kind of go down a little bit, and there's an Amazon link. Click on that. doesn't cost you a penny more, but uh, they kick back uh, to us a little piece of what you buy uh, just to help us with the hosting fees and stuff. So it's the easiest way to help us out without having to do Patreon and all that other kind of stuff because everybody's already shopping on Amazon anyway, So and it helps us out in the process. That's absolutely 100% true. And if you feel like just doing the whole donation thing, you can just go to our website and hit the donate button and donate that way too if you want. But what I would advise you to do is go there, scroll down, go to the Amazon link and then save that link to your desktop. And then you can just go to that link from your desktop and it'll take you straight to the Amazon website where you do your shopping. Like Sonny said, we hope you go out and pick up some awesome rock and roll along the way. And maybe you'll need a leaf blower or snow blower or a boat cover, um, some crazy uh, electronic devices, the latest um, harness for your dog or cat or um, uh, a six-pack of Mountain Dew. There you go. <laughs> you can get all those things at Amazon.com. All right, so that's, uh, that's what we got going on as far as that goes. And we was born on the motherfucking Compton streets Peep that shit got deep and it was on Number one song after number one song Long as my motherfucking pockets was fat I didn't give a fuck where the bitch was at But she was hanging with the white bitch Doing the shit she do Sucking on a stick just to get a buck or two In the end she got meant nothing And now she's suing cause the shit she be doing ain't shit Streets. 
conversation for your ass. I once had a bitch named Mandy May. I used to be up in them guts like every day. The pussy was the bomb, had a nigga on sprung. I was in love like a motherfucker licking the proton. The homies used to tell me that she wasn't a good, but I'm the maniac in blackness, the Snoopy's word. So I figured niggas wouldn't trip with mine. Guess what got gaffled by one time? I'm back in the motherfucking county jail Six months on my chest, now it's time to bail I gets released on a hot sunny day My nigga D.O.C. and my homie Dr. Dre Scooped in a coupe, Snoop, we got the news Your girl was tricky while you was drinking the county blues Ain't been out a second, no ready I got to do some motherfucking chin checking as we creep down the block See my girl's house tray Past the clock Kick in the dough And I look on the floor It's my little cousin Daz And he's fucking my hoe I uncocked my shit I'm heartbroken But I'm still looked Alright So I'm up And for this next cover tune I have selected A A song that I don't like, B, by a band that I don't care for, C, all the above. Which is it, Tony? <laughs> or D, you should love the song and you suck. So I'll say C and D. Sonny and I are fighting over music today. <laughs> There's right. no reason not to like the original version of this song. You are wrong, sir. Oh my God, it's so boring blah 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 so i found a song that i don't necessarily like the original version and i found a band doing it that i don't know a whole lot about but they're not typically a band that i listen to i've heard a lot about them they're kind of a goth band just not high up on my list but when i heard this version i was like you know i like this version of this song and so I decided to put it on here. See how long it takes you to figure out what cover song this is. I will make foolish people do 
How can you not like the original by Chris Isaac? You're crazy. I just, I think it's boring, man. I just don't dig that song that much. Him did a good job with it. I mean, I, you know, now the guy's <laughs> mannerisms, the singer's mannerisms, some remind me of Jim Morrison a little bit. Yeah. But uh, that song went from kind of a sad ballad to this want to cut my own wrist goth rock, which no, uh, I guess that's come good. Come on, man. No, Listen. no, no. It's a, it's a good song, but I mean, he puts a lot of pain into the song, it feels like. All right. I don't get that at all. I think it's upbeat. But let me let me tell you a little <laughs> bit about this band, because I don't know much about this band. So so like like he mentioned, it wasn't just improper English, because that's what it sounded like when Sonny said that. But <laughs> Sonny's right. It is the band him which is H-I-M, which I guess his infernal majesty is what it stands for. I don't oh. know. Okay. Anyway, they're a Finnish, Finnish gothic rock band from Helsinki. They're pretty big over there in Europe. I mean, they've done some pretty large sold-out tours. And in fact, our friends in the Biters opened up for their reunion tour last year, I think. Oh, okay. Which is, you know, that's a weird bill, but it's good for them. It got them exposure. This song, this cover version of Wicked Game is off of Greatest Love Songs, Volume 666, (laughs) released in 1997. So you got to love a band with an album title like that. And then just uh, they're... Not typically a band I would listen to, but uh, I did really enjoy uh, this cover. Yeah, they did it well. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about it. I had not heard it until you put it on the list um, because I don't really know a lot about this band at all. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I thought they did it well. The guy's got a good voice, too. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, dude, let's get into yours. I like your I do like your next selection, my friend. Wow. Well, that's good. At least I picked one good one. Um, All right. So circa 1978, uh, this unbelievable band called Rainbow, Long Live Rock and Roll album, third studio album, they released this song called Kill the King. Well, 29 years later, there's a Norwegian band that decides to cover it. And uh, this guy's name is Jorn. The band's name is Jorn. And he... The singer absolutely loves Deep Purple, White Snake, Rainbow, uh, Bad Company, loves Kiss. And so he releases this album called Unlocking the Past. It has uh, versions of, of songs from all his favorite bands. And one of the songs, Kill the King. So check this out and then we'll talk about it. Danger, danger, the about to kill. The Kill the kid 
Yep. So I uh, I had this record for quite some time. I I loved this record. I uh, I discovered it. It had a lot of kind of not necessarily really popular songs on it, which I thought was cool. And I went and checked out much more of uh Yorn's catalog and he has a lot of good stuff out there. He does some other cover stuff that's really good as well, but he also has original music that I think is pretty good as well. Yeah, I have a bunch of his original music too and it's in the same vein, you know, he's his influences are his influences, uh but it's some great rock. That version's obviously a little metaled up. I think it's a little bit faster. The guitar's uh, definitely louder and crunchier. But you're going to take on the mighty Dio. And we both love Dio. We know what Dio can do. But, you know, 78 energy versus 2007 energy is just different. And I hate to say it, but this version is just better. It's faster. It's produced better. It's crunchier. And it didn't go backwards on the vocals. Currently, Yorn's band has uh, Alessandro Del Vecchio. That's the guy who plays. He plays keyboards. And he writes a ton of of music for frontiers. So when you have the Johnny Giolis of the world and the dead daisies of the world and the Jescott Sotos of the world going in and doing stuff with frontiers, this guy is usually involved in writing a lot of that music, by the way. So pretty good. Uh, oh, and I will warn you, if you go to YouTube to listen, don't watch the videos. Yorn's uh, animations, facial animations are very, very distracting. Um, you will start laughing and you'll miss out the, on the song. So just try to listen to the songs first before you watch the videos. Dude, what is it with you and expressions tonight? You need to maybe not watch videos anymore. It's just, he's, I think, you know, the music just kind of goes through him. So whatever facial expression he has at the time he has, and it's distracting. It just is. So, yeah, that goes way back to even before we started recording. Sonny's got issues with people's facial expressions and expressions <laughs> taken away from the music. And apparently this is ongoing <laughs> theme. Well, your next singer has a lot of facial expressions, but at least they're not distracting. <laughs> All right. Well, so... So we'll get into this next one. So are you a police fan at all, Sonny? I never oh, yeah. talked to you about oh. the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the police. I, I like a lot of the late 70s and then all the way through the 80s and I would say even early 90s pop. I like a lot of it. Yeah. Um. So, you know, police, Madonna, Duran Duran. I mean, there's tons of them I love. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I'm a big police fan. I saw the Synchronicity Tour, which was funny from the standpoint of it was a non-rock concert that i went to when i was kind of at the height of my metal high school escapades so to speak but i saw the synchronicity tour and i stumbled upon this through a facebook social post somebody had posted uh with relations to cover songs that they were listening to this and i'm like what the what record is that? I've never even heard of it. Like I totally missed this record completely. I don't think it did very well. I don't know. It was the 10th studio album released by Queensryche called Take Cover. And it was released in 2007. It's a complete cover record. 
the majority of covers on here aren't necessarily stuff that I would listen to. There's a handful of songs on there uh, that I would listen to. But I saw this on there and it kind of stuck out for me because I was like, okay, well, that's that's weird kind of cover for them to choose. But okay. So they do a cover of Synchronicity 2, which I love the original, original version of this song. So here's Queensryche's take on Synchronicity 2, uh, released by the police in 83. This is off of Queensryche's record, Take Cover, from 2007. Give it a listen.
he even sounds a little bit like Sting on that track. I would say the other really good, that's a really good track. The other really good track on Take Cover is uh, For the Love of Money. They do a good job of For the Love of Money, too. Yeah, it's completely different than like the Bullet Boys take on the song. And, you know, I always enjoy, not that it's a whole lot different, but I always enjoy the Deer Cover and Neon Nights. I just love that song. Yeah. Uh, from Sabbath. And, uh, uh, that's, uh, of course, the original vocalist, Jeff Tate, with them. And Mike Stone, who was playing um, rhythm guitar before this other guy got in the band, uh, who I can't even remember the other guy's name. But Mike Stone was in Queensryche after DeGarmo left for a while. And uh, oddly enough, he produced 10 out of the 11 tracks on this record. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. So there you go. That's the story on that one. All right, so my last pick, a song I absolutely did not like the original version. So I'm a Duran Duran fan, but the song Come Undone, which was off of 93's uh, The Wedding Album, uh, it's kind of like their self-titled album, but it's also called The Wedding Album. Terrible. Uh, it, it was. It, it's kind of a ballad type thing. You would think I would like it, but it's just not. It's boring. It kind of drags. And then there's a lady part. Uh, there's a lady part. There's a part where there's a female uh, uh, singing in, in part of the chorus, kind of bridge, kind of. And the lady's name is Tessa Niles, and she was a backup singer for a bunch of people between '81 and 2004. If you look up Tessa Niles on Wiki, you'll get like three pages worth of stuff. But even her voice, first of all, it's not loud enough in the recording, and then second, she feels like she's caged a little bit because Simon is being kind of just almost talking through the lyrics and he doesn't have a lot of feeling behind it and it just kind of drags. So then Adrenaline Mob puts out the first uh, their first album, Omerta. And I remember I'm looking through the track list and I'm like, there's no way they did that stupid song. Why in the hell would they do that song? Right? Because I was looking forward to the Mob's album because you know I love Russell Allen. I have Russell Allen stuff on a bunch of other kind of stuff. Russell Allen and Yorn did some stuff together. Uh, so I was really, really looking forward to it. And uh, so I'm like, all right, let me listen. Oh, my God. You got to take a listen to this track because it's no, nothing like the original. Take a listen. Come Undone, Adrenaline Mob. Yeah. 
All right. I love the original version of Come Undone. Oh, um, God. No, wait a minute now. Easy, easy. Take it easy. Chill. <laughs> I love the original version. I'm surprised you don't like the original version, but I like the original version. I like this version. Uh, I, I love it. I love everything about it. Now, help me out here because I listened to this song today. I hadn't heard it in a while. I went back and revisited this record. Who's doing the girl backup parts in this song? Lizzie Hale, baby. Yes, she is. I did not know that, but I listened to it and I was like, okay, holy shit, that's Lizzie. And holy shit, this is why Sonny's picking this song. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I had no idea. But yeah, she she cuts through like a knife on this song. Yeah, they really meld it up. I mean, Mike Orlando, the guitar tone on that song, the guitar tone in Mob, period, yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Uh, Orlando is a stud. Um, yeah. Both. It's unfortunate these guys went through some stuff this last year, but uh, it's a great band. Yeah. Both both he and uh, he and Russell are fantastic. And, uh, you know, you know, I'm a big uh, Adrenaline Mob fan. And I hate everything that that band has had to endure over the past really couple of years uh, that they've been uh, out there trying to do it right. So, But I'll tell you, one of the things I thought about today is somebody needs to go out there and meddle up Hungry Like the Wolf, Rio, Wild Boys. Is there something I should know? Like Duran Duran songs are begging to be meddled up. Yeah, I could see uh, Wild Boys really being done uh, quite quite metal version. Yeah, but they got to have a kick-ass singer. Like uh, Russell's doing what I, I like Simon, but Russell's ten times better than Simon. It's not even close. Well, uh, it's kind of apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to my ear, I yeah. guess too. So, but, but yeah, come on, man. I I liked. What did I like? I liked three of the four selections you had. I didn't. The only uh, yeah, thing I, I didn't so. like, and I liked. Uh, I liked three of the four you had. See, so uh, yeah. uh, virtual hug. Can I get a virtual hug, Sonny? <laughs> virtual hug, dude. See, it's all good. We are friends after all. <laughs> uh, uh, and funny. and what I thought was especially great is where I'm trying to give you street tips about ninety nine problems and explain that to you because you know I am a gangster. And that's yeah, gangsta yeah. with an A, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> you look like all the people I saw in Compton and Oakland in my life, so that's good, yeah. I'm sure I look exactly like them. <laughs> <laughs> and if by exactly like them, I'm um, overweight, pants around my um, uh, chest and wearing uh, socks with sandals on them, then yeah, that's me. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, That's the worst. I hate seeing people with socks and sandals on, by the way. All right, dude. You ready for this? You wanted the best, and you got the best. The hottest band in the world. Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. All right, so the historic moment. I don't know how many people in my life, including all the people on Facebook, have told me that Kiss Unmasked is too power pop. They shouldn't have crunchier guitars. They need to metal up some of those songs. It needs a remaster. 
Otherwise, all they are just beautiful pop songs that uh, didn't sell. So I guess for all those people, check out this version of Easy As It Seems. I'm the Kiss Idiot. What record is that off of? Unmasked. Okay. That kind of explains it. I don't know (laughs) a ton about Unmasked, but yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's one of the Paul tunes uh, from Unmasked, easy as it seems. And there was a tribute album. This one I did prick off a tribute album called Undressed, an Unmasked Tribute to Kiss, released in 2003. And they got a bunch of different bands, some bands you never heard of, including this one. This is a Swedish kind of melodic hard rock band called Tycoon. 
and that's with a K, not a C. And they had not technically even formed yet. They had a guitar player, they had a bass player, and a drummer, but they were actually still auditioning singers. So the guy who sang that was Gier Roning. He didn't end up getting the job. Some other guy got the job. But uh, this was kind of their audition track, and they did it for this album. And obviously, it's, you know, it's got the falsettos are gone. So the guy didn't try to do Paul's falsettos, which was a good deal. Otherwise, he would have probably sounded stupid. And uh, they kind of unfortunately took the bump of the bass out because the original recording has a lot of bass in it. But then they pushed up the guitar so you could really hear uh, the guitars crunchy. So it made it a little bit heavier. But it's a great tune. Right on. Can't go wrong with that, can you? No, this episode was fun, man. I mean, like I said, we'll go back and do probably a bunch of cover episodes in our lives, depending on how many how many years we do this thing. But uh, there's so many to pick from. Yeah, there's a ton for sure. For sure. All right, so that's our first covers episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed some of that stuff. Hopefully, you guys will share some of your favorite covers on our Facebook page. Hopefully, we will see some of you at Rockin' Pod 2. That would be awesome. Once Rockin' Pod 2 is out of the way, we've got a ton of coverage that I'm sure will come out of that. We also got some cool episodes coming up for you guys as well. And a couple of interesting interviews that are starting to take shape. Hopefully we will have those for you in September as well. You got anything else to add there, Sonny Sonny? No, just thank you for uh, all the support. Uh, Podchaser.com. Go rate us. If you haven't done so already, you can rate as many episodes as you want. We're the number one rock podcast on there right now. So that's really good to know. And it's nice to know that there's people out there listening and uh, just looking forward to rock and pot. All right. Well, thanks you guys for listening. I will do the honor of the shuffle rattle and roll. We will see you next week. Later. Get ready to shuffle rattle and roll. Play us out boys.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 